on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, a sports special. Think back to the sports awards last December and a young lady with a smile that won everybody's heart. Yes, tonight, it's the Meg McFarlane story. We do take time out, however, to catch up with Not Fast uh, Fast Dave to find out what they've been up to. And, of course, we need to find out the local headlines. Newark Flow serve east into the semi-finals of the East Midlands League Cup following a 5-0 romp against Renner at Lowfields last night. A brace each from Tizer and Jack Beckett and one from crowd favourite Jamie Lloyd. Set up a semi-final date against Radford. Neutral ground, all to be decided. And of course, slow serve. Oh, Radford won. A dream start for the new management team at Grantham Town. As a new look gingerbreads with no less than 10 new players beat the league leaders South Shields by two goals to one at the Mears last night. This management lot must be easy. It's been a difficult start to the 2019 season for the Grove Squash Club with injuries and lack of availability taking its toll. Both the first and second teams sit one place off the bottom of their divisions but the one bright note is the force and two Jamie Groden inspired victories see them on the way to promotion. A quiet week of running. You don't get them very often. First of all, not fast running club. And they're going to tell us what they've been up to a little bit later. But they still had 35 members at five park runs. Not fast days going to tell you all about that. 20 past seven. And for the Striders, well, they lined up at Cobell Park in Scunthorpe on Sunday for the Run Your Heart Out Valentine's 10K. Simon Roberts, Stephen Tomlinson, Jenny Palmer and Anthea Mosey we're all feeling the love, especially the girls who both ran personal best times. And a date for the diary. Newark Rugby Union Football Club are to stage a major sevens event to help celebrate the club's 100th anniversary. The event has been selected by the RFU as one of only 37 venues in the whole of the UK to secure the RFU Secure Trading's 7 tournament. The important date for that diary, Saturday the 18th of May. And guess what? Radio Newark Sport's going to be there. Last December, Meg McFarlane was crowned the Newark and Sherwood Disabled Sports Person of the Year. Tonight, we welcome her father, Corey, to Sport HQ, as he tells us all about the youngster that charmed us all on a memorable night in Southall. So, first of all, Corey, welcome to Radio Newark. Mick, thank you very much, mate. Um, appreciate it. Tonight, it's May's night. We're going to tell everybody the life and times of, of Meg. But I want to go back to that night at Southall Leisure Centre when it's the first time that myself and Tony had, had met her. I was told 
she was going to be shy and she wouldn't speak to me. <laughs> and by the end of the night, she ran across the room and gave me a cuddle. You, you did very well, Mick. I'm, and I'm the, not quite sure what you said to her, but you, you definitely did the right thing, whatever it was. The best smile that um, I've seen in many a long year. Um, people who listen to this show regular will know I despise the term disabled. Yeah. Um, a sports person, to me, they are equal. Full stop. And I, But that is the name of the award and that's the category um what did it mean for meg and what did it mean for the family to now have the newark and sherwood a newark and sherwood sports award sitting on the mantelpiece i think if you if you're involved in sport and you can be recognized for those achievements um particularly as i see the the work and the dedication that meg gives to a, a chosen sport it means a huge amount um not just for Meg, and you know, if if you go inside Meg's room, you'll see all the trophies are there um, on full display, and she often refers back to each one of them in in, in terms of do you remember when I won that particular award or whatever the case may be? So she really um, uh, takes a special interest in in those things, and from a, a family point of view, myself, my wife Nikki, my mom. Um, you know, we've got a huge amount of... i got a cuddle off mum as well, that night. Yeah, I, I noticed yes. that as yes. well. I, I, I saw that you moved in there quite quickly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got a huge amount of pride um, in the achievements that that, that Meg's uh, managed to to achieve, uh, particularly sort of given the, um, the challenge that she faces pretty much every day. Tony Smith, who's, who's not with us tonight, because it's his birthday, so happy birthday. Happy birthday. To, to Tony, um, as everybody who listens to this knows, he was the sports editor at the Advertiser for countless years. And one of Tony's favourite sayings is that when he was involved as a professional journalist, if Meg had achieved something on the ice rink, it would be second paragraph down on page 22 in the news. Now... It's on the back page, at the top, as the sports headlines. And a lot of things in life, for somebody of my age, are not like they used to be, and we wish they were like they used yeah. to be. That is one thing in life, and one thing is sport. in sport, thankfully, has changed. Yeah, we, we were talking a little bit before we came on the air about um, the fact that we're not dissimilar ages. Um, and how different it is today um because i think if you went back you know 15 20 years even uh that story would be buried inside a newspaper it would be a, a an interest story as opposed to where it should be um on the back pages uh being regarded as an athlete just like anybody else uh whether you've got special needs or not uh it still takes a huge amount of dedication, commitment to give a performance that wins medals. Um, so for it to be regarded as a sports story, uh, I think is, you know, testament to the fact that we've come an awful long way as a human race. I still think we've got some way to go. Um, but we've made great progress in that area. We're going to go right back to the beginning, but I just want to tell you another, again, was talking about beforehand, I, I as people know i've got two 
grandchildren, two boys, 13 and 11, and they are your typical boys. They play rugby and yep. and they enjoy life up, up at Newcastle. Um, their auntie um, had a little baby, and that little baby had Downs. The boys treat him. One of their own, one of the gang. Yeah. There's no problems at all. There's not him and, and them. They are as one. They love being with them. The interaction between the three of them has to be seen to be believed. And again, that's another big step forward. It's a huge amount of progress. To them, it? it's natural. To us, of, of our age, it, that yes. wouldn't have been natural. No. And... Um, as we sort of, you know, as we sort of go into the story a little bit, I'll sort of share some of my reflections on that. Um, but, you know, before, those kids wouldn't have had the chance to engage um, as much, you know, with people that have got special needs or disabilities. Uh, today, we've got a far more inclusive society. Um, and that can be a challenge for some people. And, I, you know, I, I still recognise that fact and still see that fact. Um, but for those children growing up now that do get to experience uh, those kids like, like Meg and, and like your grandson um, that are different to them, they don't sort of really see the differences like we see them. Um, they're just other kids. Yeah. I, and, and, and that's, that's a wonderful and, thing. I, I really do think, you know, when we sort of start criticising what life is like now, just every now and again, just take a minute to... It, it, it is better. It yeah, is yeah. better. Let's go back to um, the fourth, um, the 7th of April, 2003, and start the story. So it seems like a long time ago <laughs> now. Um, so Meg's birth was not a an easy one. Um, I, think, I think Nick was in labour for about two days, all told. And um, right throughout the pregnancy, uh, she'd say to the midwife, are you sure everything's okay? Are you sure everything's okay? Because something doesn't feel right. Meg was our first child, so Nick kind of really knew no different, but she just had this feeling. So uh, Meg was finally born, and uh, I raced off back home uh, to sort dogs and cats and horses out, and um, came back in a couple of hours, sort of shaved and showered and sort of ready to go, and sort of walked in to the um, delivery suite and to find my wife, in floods of tears, just completely uh, in meltdown. And um, so I said, what's wrong? And there's some nursing staff around. And, you know, Nick explained that she was on her own. She'd got Meg. And um, the doctor had come in and said, to her, don't you think there's something a little bit strange about your daughter? And Nick had said, well, I, it's my first child. I'm not entirely sure what you mean. And to, well, you know, to look at her features, don't you think she looks a bit strange? And Nick said, well, she's just been born. I've just been giving birth for two hours. <laughs> How's she meant to look? Anyway, the, the doctor said, well, we think that she's got Down syndrome and then proceeds to, to walk out and leave Nick all on her own. That's shocking. So, it's, it's unbelievable. So within a few minutes, this is kind of where I walked into the room <laughs> and um, I, just, I just said, look, everybody out. I just need some time alone with my wife. And um, I just said to her, look, it, it, whatever it is, she's our baby. We'll figure it out. And um, they were very kind to us. They gave us a, a room all on our own um, 
in the um, maternity ward and um, I spent the night there. And I think it probably took us about an hour or so to get our heads around it, mate. Um, the fact of the matter is, if, if somebody would have said to me before Meg had arrived, and I, and you, and I go back to the, to the point that you were making um, about the way that we sort of thought about disability, people of our, of our age, if someone would have said, you'll have a, a, a Downs child, it'll be the best thing that's ever happened to you, and it'll teach you things about yourself that you didn't know, I would have said, you're smoking something. Because that that wasn't on my radar. That wasn't something that I would have said would have been true. Um, so the fact of the matter is, and, you know, with the experience with, with Mag has, has, has proved to be a terrific one, but certainly... At that point, yeah, you know, Meg was a real surprise to us. I'm not, and I'm not going to lie to you that that wasn't what I, I was expecting or hoping for. Um, but the reality has been completely different. If it's anything like the boy's little cousin, he's got more love than you can imagine. And, and that smile, I'm going to keep going back to that smile because I was <laughs> enchanted by that smile. <laughs> That smile has got more love than yeah. It's just pure love, uh, you know. And um, and Meg gives that, you know. I, th I think she she she's, uh, she lights a room up no matter where she mm. goes. Yes. Um, by just by just walking into it. So yeah, it was a it was a difficult start and sort of the one thing that you learn very quickly. Um, when you've got a a child that's got some special needs is that you really have to fight for everything. Um, and, you know, whether that's from a medical point of view or from a, um, a school point of view or just in, just in general, things aren't made particularly easy. Um, so it, it is a bit of a fight, it is a bit of a challenge. And that was certainly the case uh, for Meg's health. Um, you know, so we, we ended up taking Meg home after a couple of days and uh, Mick, she was an, an absolute joy at home. I mean, she didn't cry. Uh, she was went through the night. We just thought, God, this is like a model child. This is this is not what the book said it would be like. What we didn't realise was how poorly Meg was. So they they'd done some scans of Meg's heart, and um, we went back in about sort of a week or ten days' time back to the hospital and. Uh, the consultant said, uh, now, nothing to worry about, um, but your daughter's got some serious holes in her heart. Um, but what we'll do is we'll refer you through to um, to Glenfield down at Leicester and they'll be in touch uh, and they'll put you an appointment and you'll go see a consultant there and then they'll talk to you about that. So we went home and I sort of said to Nick, you know, if if I'd got a hole in my heart, it did worry me a little bit, and I think I might want it sorting out. So I thought, no, I'm I'm not going to wait for an appointment. And I got on the phone, and I and I spoke to reception there, and um, I said, we've we've been referred from Kingsmill. How long will it take to see somebody? Well, probably about six to eight weeks. And I said, what what about if I pay? Well, we can see uh, Thursday, and this was Tuesday. So I said, great. Doesn't matter how much it's going to cost. We'll see you Thursday. So I went down, saw a really nice guy, um, 
consultant there, and um, he um, the scan mag uh, did did quite a few tests, and um, he brought us back in, and uh, he said, "You've you've paid to see me today, haven't you?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Well, I'll refund your money." He said, "Because if you'd waited six weeks, I'd now be telling you that the damage has been done to your, your your daughter's heart and lungs. I can't repair." Good move, Dad. So go home, yep. pack a bag, get yourself straight back, we'll get you straight in, and we'll operate. And that was the beginning of, of sort of, well, probably three or four pretty serious operations for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just interrupting, and this was only in 2003, and the way you've been, the way the Lord's treating you, he's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. From a layman like me, it's disgusting. It's... There'll be many people out there, Mick, that... And we're not talking about a long time ago now. No, that are probably listening, that have probably experienced things like this. And, it, and it's... And I don't... You know, I'm not... The the care that we got at Glenfield, mm. I've got to say, was absolutely amazing. Yeah, the, the, They were out of this world. Um, the, the, you know, the staff there, um, even when we see them today, you know, we sort of see Meg for a, an outpatient's appointment every couple of years now for a heart they still remember meg they, they, they still talk about a the time there um and um yeah we were we were back there sort of three or four times over the space of 18 months um and in fact for that's a funny story but uh we went for um a consultation sort of a follow-up visit up at King's Mill, sort of Glenfield, come out to see us. And um, I could be, I don't know, six or seven, doing pretty well. You know, she was getting on sort of really well with her, with her, with her health. And uh, one of the ladies that was on the ward was at that meeting, and she was saying to my wife um, about Meg's heart surgery. And um, apparently what had happened, although nobody told me this until after the event, was that uh, Meg had some... Um, open heart surgery to fix these holes in her heart and they'd gone in they'd done the work they'd sewn her back up and she died her heart stopped beating so they had to unstitch her massage her heart get her going again get her stabilised and then stitch her back up well n- nobody told me this probably because I was in bits anyway mm-hmm. and my wife knows me well enough to know that Probably that was that story was best kept to herself. Something, yes, yeah. yeah. And um, mums are quite good. They're, like they're that. pretty good yeah. at stuff like that, yeah. mate. Where dads aren't particularly yeah, brilliant yeah. at that kind of thing, we tend to end up in bits. I'll, so I'll, um, go, I'll go along with that. I, I knew I knew nothing of this story until five six years later when we were at this consultation and it got dropped out in conversation. And my wife looked at me and said, "Yeah, I didn't tell you because I just I just knew what you'd be like." So um, yeah, so. It was a, a pretty uh, difficult couple of years for Meg um, from a health point of view. Um, and so once we sort of got her through that, you know, we, we then engaged with uh, the speech therapists, um, with the physiotherapists, with the, the medical team. Um, we were often at individual meetings where we'd sort of go in and we'd sort of sit down with all the individual teams. And it got to a point where we would do this for about six months and everyone would sort of say, well, we need to write to the other team and let them know what we're doing. And I said, look, guys, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, We're going to have one meeting. And so we got them all together in one room 
and um, I just said, right, now, I want to share with you what my expectations are for what Meg's going to be in life. And we, we were told when Meg was born, there was a list of things, Meg, that they said that she would never be able to do. They're really keen to say to you, uh, she's going to struggle to walk, she's going to struggle to speak, um, there's no chance of her doing anything really sort of physical. Uh, great, great big long list of things. And my wife being my wife said, eh, we'll see. Um, and so we gathered all these people together and I just said, look, I want to just level set. My expectation is that Meg will be a brain surgeon, probably followed by an Olympic athlete. So let's set the bar there and don't get any ideas in your mind that you can put a ceiling on what Meg can achieve. So let's, let's start there and let's coach up to that. And I think many people around the room said, yeah, great. And they really got on board with it in fairness to them. And uh, they really pushed Meg um, because we set that level and we set the bar very, very high. Um, and I think we were very fortunate to, to sort of get a team of people at that point that really kind of supported that ethos. And um, they really sort of helped Meg in the early years um, find a way from a, a health point of view. And in a few minutes' time, we're going to find out how she started the road to become an Olympic athlete. This is a Radio New York Sports special. It's the Meg McFarlane story. But coming up next, as it's Wednesday, of course, it's not Fast Dave. More from the Meg McFarlane story in a couple of minutes' time. But first of all, as we say, as it's Wednesday, not Fast Dave is eagerly waiting to tell us about a, a relatively quiet week of running for a change. It has been a relatively quiet weekend. Hi, Mick. Um, yeah, so not that much to go over over the last weekend. We had 35 of our club members over five different park runs. A couple of standouts. We had Cliff Robinson. He got a new personal best and his first time under 30 minutes for a long time. Also getting personal best job folks and one of our joggers and plodders on his second week, Gordon Booth. So well done, Gordon. Now, going on to Sunday, only three members taking part in events. Kimberly Etherington Bates and Steve White were at the Run Your Heart Out 10K in Scunthorpe on Sunday. Both got the fastest 10Ks in a while, Kim getting 50 minutes and 12 seconds, and Steve getting 47 minutes 26. And then uh, myself, I was at the um, Wilton Hall Winter Warmer 5, um, a very rainy and very muddy course. Um, completed that in 24 minutes and 59. I was due to do the 10, uh, but I actually stepped down because of the mud. I'm a road runner, not a uh, cross-country runner. And that's, um, that's pretty much it for the uh, the summary over the last week. It's been a quiet one, Mick, in all honesty. But that quietness is not going to last, is it? I hope not, no. We've got the um, best park in Long Eaton, the 4th of for cross countries this uh, Sunday so we're expecting a good turnout for not fast um, and then I think there's a few other races we've got the Stamford 30k I know a lot of the members are going to this that. is something to do with Valentine's Day and running 30k I think if you run 30k Valentine's Day would be the last thing on my mind it would be the last thing on my mind as well <laughs> it really <laughs> but, um, would but, uh, yeah. the best of luck to them all on that one 
Indeed, indeed. Now I'm uh, just uh, just with the uh, Newark Half Marathon Committee at the minute, so Ernie is here with us. Um, we're just going over some final bits and bobs. But just a reminder for those that are listening, you know, the Newark Half Marathon is coming up on the 11th of August of this year. So head on over to the website, um, get a place while you can. I mean, it seems a long way off, but it, it really is not, is it? It's going gonna, it's gonna to come round very quickly. And it's the biggest sporting event that we have in Newark. It, it's a, a fantastic occasion, and it's been blessed with decent weather as well. So, uh, Indeed it has. I take it it's going to be the same, pretty much the same course, the same format? Oh, I can't give too much away, but <laughs> yeah, we would, we would think it's... Uh, it, it, it's uh, if not the same course, but there's a few other changes, you know, T-shirts, medals, and that's the stuff we're discussing now. Good stuff. Well, you, you, and, and the other thing I'd love about about that, Dave, is I think the Newark Half Marathon is fairly unique because striders are there, not faster there, Newark AC are there, and you're all around the same table and you're all talking like a big bunch of buddies, and that's how it should be. That's there's no exactly. them and us, and I think that's brilliant. Indeed it is. It most certainly is. Right, and I take it there'll be a pint and cake at some time? Oh, I'm sure there will. Yeah, um, that's the idea. Dave, um, enjoy your, enjoy the weekend. Um, um, and for the ones that's going to run 30k at Stanford, the best of luck to you. Because I'm also told there's an elevation of about a thousand feet in there somewhere as there well. Is. There is indeed. And that sounds fun. It really does. Catch you next week. Enjoy your meeting. Lovely. Thanks, Thank Dave. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes, a quiet week of running for both striders and not fast, but I would time we get back to next week and next Tuesday and Wednesday, they're going to have an awful lot to talk about. The story so far, of course, is, is that Meg has downs and um, the heart did stop and, and they had to bring her back to life and nothing but praise for, for Glenfield. And, you know, I, like many people, hope that Glenfield remains where it is doing what it does and um it's not lost to us because it is a fantastic hospital um that was sort of two years old but i want to just fast forward a little bit now cor if we can to when meg was six years old and another life-changing event yeah so like i think like many families we used to get around the tv on a sunday evening and um we'd watch dancing on ice and uh, Meg's always been very Disney orientated, very princess orientated. Um, so loves loves dressing up, loves fancy outfits. And um, we were watching that tonight, and she was absolutely mesmerised by it. And I said to her, "You know, Meg, would you like to have a go at skating?" And because um, we were sort of looking for something to you know, a sport to get her into. I, I've always been very sporty. My wife's very sporty. Um, and so he wanted to find her something that she could sort of really, you know, take an interest in and, and just have a pastime of some description. So, um, so next, oh yeah, I'd love to do that. So um, I said, great. So we organised a family outing to the Lammas uh, Centre over at Sutton Ashfield. And I said to my wife, um, don't don't worry, darling. I I've got this. I used to roller skate as a kid. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Yeah, thing. Rado. <laughs> uh, no problem. I'll take her on. So there I was in the in the higher skates, and uh, Mick. It was like a white knuckle ride for me. I could not get off the side. Uh, in fact, my 
my mum came to watch as well, and she, I think, just almost wet herself because, <laughs> honestly, it, it was nothing like roller skating. It was not. I, no, 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 nothing like it. But, you know, Meg, Meg couldn't stand up. Um, she couldn't, you know, even sort of really walk on the ice when she But Dad couldn't started. stand up either, so what's so the difference? There's, there's no embarrassment there, yeah. right? I mean, you know, she was exactly the same as me. Um, but she must have found something in the experience because we said, do you want to go again, Meg? And she said, yes. So good old Granny um, used to take her uh, on every Saturday uh, and she'd do sort of 15, 20 minutes on the ice. And we were so fortunate that we found somebody that would do a one-on-one lesson with us. Before we take that any further... Can Dad ice skate now? Dad cannot ice skate. <laughs> Dad, Dad's got many talents, and ice skating is not one of right. them. Right. Um, no, even to this day, my friend, I, I, I've tried it, and um, I think I'm I'm best on the sidelines uh, or driver. Yes. I think I've, yeah. I've found my level, um, but it's certainly not on the ice. <laughs> so I'm, I'll leave that to professionals. Yes. Because it's, you know... Okay, so she's... She obviously took to water sort of thing, didn't it? Or, yeah. Or it, 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 I skated to ice. But it, 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 it seems it, to be. There's just something just just gelled. Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't know really what it was because, I mean, she, she, she didn't... There weren't any fancy costumes at that, at that point. Um, so I, I don't know, what, what is it when a, when a young boy or a young girl kicks a football around or throws a rugby ball around um, or a basketball or you go swimming... Because we all try different sports when we were growing up. Um, we tend to settle, settle on one or a, a couple. So there's got to be some kind of connection that our brain or body makes to, to a particular sport. And for, and for Meg, you know, I mean, she, we'd, we'd play around at home with a ball or, you know, with a bat. And, you know, I, I tried her at tennis. Um, you know, we, we, we tried lots of different things. But she kept coming back to ice skating. Um, so I don't know what it was, uh, the feeling of the ice, or I, I just, I don't know. Um, but she said that she wanted to carry on. So we um, we organised some one-on-one coaching, um, and that was, you know, at that point, sort of really important for Meg. Well, was it a, as important as is it for Meg, was it also probably a relief for you and the wife is, is, is the wrong word, but now Meg probably for the first time in her life, has got a focus. Yeah, and I think as as sort of time went on, you know, I'm a big believer in having a bit of a sort of framework for life. Um, I think if you can have some sort of discipline around a sport, uh, I think you learn an awful lot from sport that you can't learn in any classroom. Um, It teaches you so much more about real life uh, and it's completely transferable into the, the big world. Um, so I was really keen for Meg, uh, you know, either individual or preferably, you know, amongst a, a team, not, maybe not a, a team, but certainly in a collective, um, to experience some of those things that I did growing up, that I learnt so much from um, and got so much from, you know, sort of f- friendship, uh, n- knowing your own body, knowing what you can achieve, um, knowing that 
you know, one plus one, if you're in a team, can make three. Um, you know, why, why do 10 men always beat 11? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's something about being yeah. in a team um, that sort of really brings the best in people out. So, yeah, it was important to me that I found something for Meg from a sporting point of view. Um, I, I, I never imagined that it would have been ice skating. That wasn't my background, it wasn't my wife's background, and it was completely left field for but, us. But you know, it's the most profound comment, and you've talked absolutely wonderful. Um, Meg's either going to be a brain surgeon or an Olympic. Um, the, uh, and she is, at this rate... Yeah, well, 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 she is, full she, stop, she's she, been. She, but we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, at the same time as the ice skating started, school would also have been... It did, and we were so fortunate um, that we live in a little village uh, called Ompton, and uh, in our next-door village is a a, a junior school called Niesel. And uh, I went along to see the head there, a lady called uh, Sue Cow, and um, huge mention to Sue. And I said, you know, we've got a little, uh, we've got a a Downs child, and we live in the next village, and we'd love her to come to your school. And Sue said... That's fantastic. We've we've never had a dance child in our school before. Um, we'd love to have her. And we were so, we were so fortunate because Sue and the staff at Niesel were just absolutely brilliant. Small village school, mm. hundred children. I'm actually now vice chair of governors um, because I I really want to sort of give something back to mm. the school after what they did for Meg. Um, but they absolutely took the challenge on. And being in that sort of environment for Meg was terrific because she made such a connection to those kids. And just like your grandkids, they grew up with Meg. They Mm. didn't see uh, Meg's special needs. Yeah, Meg was a little bit different. And they all, she's got a little foibles and things that she did. Um, But but I always said to Sue... Like the grandchildren they then form a protective they do. ring round them, Absolutely. don't they? Yes. They do. Yeah. They do. And those kids were brilliant. Um, and a, a real credit to the parents and, and, and to the school as well. Because, um, you know, I always say to everybody, you know, I, I expect Meg to behave like any other child. And if and if she doesn't, then I, I expect her to be put back on the right kind of track. And... They they really did that at that school, and it was a terrific start for Meg. Meg entered her first competition, which was the UK Special Olympics and Inclusive Skating Championships, when she was ten years old, and it went quite well. Yeah, well, it, it was. Um, it came through. Uh, so I'd, I'd spoke about the one-on-one coaching. So we were really fortunate to find a lady called Louisa Chatwin, and that's been a real success story. Those two, and we'll come to that in a minute, but. Um, Louisa had been on a course with a lady called Margarita Sweeney Beard, and she runs um, uh, a, a skating organisation called Inclusive Skating. And uh, she'd been on a, a training course, Louisa, Meg's coach, and um, Margarita had mentioned that the Special Olympics were going to have a UK Championships, uh, the first one. And uh, Louisa had said, look, I've got, I've got Meg, and Meg's got downs, and Margarita has said, fantastic, get her parents to contact me, and why don't you enter? So 
we did and I, I phoned Margarita up and I sort of sent through a video and I said look you know when when I look at this I see Jane Torville I'm sure you might see something different but we'd love Meg to enter if it'd be possible that'd be fantastic so she did and um we went all the way up to Dumfries uh along with with Sue Cow the headmistress from Nisal I mean um, there were a crowd of us that went Meg's first competition brilliant not really expecting anything um and Meg got on, and I tell you what, Meg, she delivered on that ice. I mean, you know when athletes want to just peak at the right kind of time and deliver their best performance, a performance that they've not done in practice. You know, that's what she did. And she ended up winning her first competition, getting gold for both her elements and a and a, and a routine. And um, I think she actually skated to the music from uh, Pocahontas. And actually, that's what she did, sort of going back to the sort of school years and, and sort of the transformational uh, effect that skating had, not just for, for Meg, but also for those other children in Meg's class at that time and for the parents. Meg had a ninth birthday party and she had a skating party at Lammas. And she'd worked on this routine uh, to the music for Pocahontas. And so Meg set up, she delivered the routine and all the parents and all the kids were watching and at the end of it, they just burst into rounds of applause and there were tears and, you know, mainly from the parents. Because I think for the first time, they'd realised just how good Meg was. And I think for Meg, she then realised actually how good she was. And, and for the first time, she realised she was actually the best at something in her class. And that for Meg was, I think for the other children as well, that was transformational for them. And so that was a sort of really big, you know, um, support and a sort of a really big guide to us to say, Do you know what, we really need to, to get more serious and to really push this because Meg's on to something. And, and, and since then, it, it's just... It's just got better and better. It's got better um, and better. Yeah. And she, she, she joined up with, with, with the Special Olympics figure skating squad and that was a, a trip to, to Vienna for you Correct. all and that, that, Correct. and that was lovely and Finland Iceland she's been States. everywhere um, she, yeah, she, she has been everywhere she has and um, you know cost us an absolute fortune you know, the sad thing is there's no sort of funding for these things so uh, I'm not going to dwell too long on that but don't you think that is is sad and generalising. We see youngsters in here time and time. I had a young girl in here the other week who, who got a wonderful email saying that she'd been selected for the England indoor cricket squad in New Zealand. And paragraph two says, "Oh, by the way, you need three thousand five hundred pounds." It was exactly the same. And for a us. poor old mother, I spent the summer having cake stalls, and, and yeah. she, she did it brilliantly. Did it, but sh should you? Should she have to do that? Well, when the I, amount of money is in the top of the... I just it annoys me. When when the ladies from Special Olympics phoned me and said, you know, congratulations, Meg, Meg's made the team. You know, after I'd sort of finished crying, um, she said to me, um, you know, fantastic. You know, look forward to seeing her at the, the training camps. And by the way, can you send a check for two and a half thousand pounds? Um, it's it, it's it's wrong. It, I mean, and it's. It's, it's not a postcode lottery, but I suppose it is, you know... It, it, it is a postcode, it, because it, with, with the greatest respect and the greatest will in the world, you can yes. financially support Meg. If you wasn't in a position to support Meg financially, we're she would be sitting at home yeah. now watching television every night. We're, we're 
we're very fortunate, yeah. mate, that I've got a decent job. Um, and if, if if I hadn't, I'd find the money from somewhere. I'd, I'd sell an arm or a kidney or something. Well, you've struck me as a sort of dad that would... Um, um, you, wouldn't, you, um, you wouldn't get beat in any way, shape no, or form. No, there'd, there'd, there'd be no stopping me. Um, but if if Meg was a, uh, a Paralympic athlete, then funding would be there. Mm. So, you know, there's... It, there's something that's not quite sort of joined up in terms no, of that, thinking that, somewhere. that piece of the jigsaw needs to um, needs to come together needs, a bit, a, needs, a, a needs bit to more. come together um, I say Finland Iceland um, the stage 2017 she was the youngest member at 13 for the Special Olympic squad that uh, represented GB in the World Winter Games and you all must have memories of that yeah that was a terrific experience I mean it, it was um, 2,700 athletes um, Olympic Village uh, Graz in Austria and 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 Shadlming for the skiing. Um, t- Twenty-one athletes from from Great Britain. Uh, you know, a support staff, coaches. This is the real deal. This is the Olympics. Um, it's like the real thing. It was hosted by Arnold Schwarzenegger in his in his hometown of, of, of Graz, um, who's a huge supporter of the Special Olympics. Um, it was a a real experience and a real eye-opener for me, Mick. We're going for a quick break, then um, we're going to do another telephone call, but I'm going to keep that as a bit of a secret until um, we actually make it, and then we're going to talk one or two of the names that's that's helped Meg along the way, as well as as well as Mum and Dad has helped her. I want to take you back now, Corey, to the Sports Awards night, that night in in Southall, and we're very privileged to work alongside Active for Today. Um, in organising the event and presenting the event and the young lady that is the head of Active for Today is Alexis Knock and Alexis was there, she met she you was, all yeah. and I'm sure you know her and we couldn't let this show go without saying good evening Alexis. Good evening, good evening Corey. Good evening Alexis, how are you? All good thank you, I have been listening since 7 o'clock and I, I must admit, I knew the phone call was coming. I've been making a few notes along the way from everything you've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> Just things that have popped into my head with everything you've been talking about. It's really, really interesting to hear the full story, even though I, I knew snippets of it as well. But it's, yeah, such an interesting story, uh, uh, Meg's, Meg's achievement. Well, th- th- thank you. It's um, it's strange, you know, when you sort of, you look at the, uh, the list of what Meg's achieved and, and Mick was just sort of saying the same. Uh, it's not until you sort of sit and write it all down that you, you suddenly start to realise just what achievement it is that she's, she's been able to, to make. Absolutely. And I think going on that, that trail, that's why I was, I was writing all these notes down around inclusive sport. and it, it's, really, it's really evolving. There's so many opportunities for children and adults to take part in sport, whether they've, and they've, got, whether they've got a disability, whether that's a special needs or it's a physical disability. Um, and we're certainly working hard, not blowing my own trumpet here, Mick, as you know, don't like to do that, but um, we're certainly working hard to make sure there are some um, opportunities, whether that's in a mainstream session or whether it's a specialist session out there as well. So there's loads of things going on that people can get involved in. And as you know, I think, I think if you remember when Dave Long, one of my colleagues, came into the studio, he talked last year about um, this, uh, the FA Level 1 that we put on last year in April in partnership with Not FA, the first one in the county to run just for um, disabled adults. Well, there were lots of them were 16, 17, but to complete the coaching qualification and become coaches as well. 
Um, and that's really, really nice to see that they've been taking part in sport, but they're now actually wanting to put something back. Um, and through Dave being a tutor, he's tailored that course so that they can get a qualification out of it as well. So that's, that's really, that's progress to me. Yeah, and that's the kind of sort of framework that these kind of kids need really and um, yeah. you should blow your, your own trumpet really she should if, a lot more than she does if if you don't nobody knows about it you know so um and that's the thing is that you've got to get this out to people because i'm i'm certain there'll be there'll be parents at home that, that have got a, a child uh, a young adult you know that, that might have special needs that won't know about these things and that would love for them to be able to get involved in some kind of sport and so it, it needs to be promoted and, and you should blow your own trumpet yeah i mean I, I don't know whether have you been following the junior park run challenge mick yes um, yes yeah I, I mean i've been taking my children there on a sunday um and there's, there's a few certainly one child um that has a, a physical disability and she's taking part and has been um, every week, um, doing her best, walking through the whole course. Yeah, it takes her a little bit longer, but she's doing it. She's out there. She's participating, um, and that she's she's a real inspiration. And she's only very young, um, so that's a real inspiration. That that some that something as small as a junior park run, a two k round Scott Park every Sunday morning, it's completely inclusive. Doesn't it make you? realise Alexis you know when we, we we sit down at the end of the sports awards and think oh, never again <laughs> and then you sit down and think about it and remember those nights last December and specifically the one at Southall when we got the yeah. hug off of Meg and the <laughs> smile from from Meg and you think that's the reason that's we the do reason it. you do it because if, if you and active for today can give one child like you've given Meg the opportunities the chances to star you, you are doing the job brilliantly yes. and you should tell everybody and it should be shouted from the rooftops because in newark alexis we are the leaders of that in that yes. area there's so many opportunities just picking up on your point about funding i completely agree it's it's a real lack but it's a national issue um but there's certainly um our our talented individual scheme which i know meg would qualify for but it unfortunately doesn't give finance it's about um supporting the specialist sport training um by giving some gym and, and fitness work so it's it's basically a, an access to an access pass free access pass to our gyms it based in the district so that's available but obviously there's criteria to meet but i know meg would meet it based on her achievements so that's the one small thing that we could possibly do doesn't go anywhere near towards the travel costs and everything that you while you're competing but that's the that's the small thing that we can do to to supplement their tra their massive training range uh, everything helps alexis so it, sure it's it it's all appreciated <laughs> um so I, I think i just i wanted to finish on something that you said Corey earlier was around um creating a a, a framework for life and i think sport can do that it's it's a huge um inspiration makes an inspiration to everybody all the paralympic athletes well lots of people who take part in sport on an international stage are inspirational and i think sport can give people a, a great framework for life with the rules and the discipline and the learning and and the experiences and and, and the unfortunate um 
failures sometimes it gives them the strength to succeed again so it i'm you know what i'm like i'm passionate i wouldn't have been doing this job for, for so long if i wasn't passionate about sport and, and thinking it was such, such a fantastic thing for people to do yeah couldn't agree more <laughs> alexis thank you very much thank, no thank you for great, taking time out to, to, to join us i know you wanted to uh, especially to be part of this one yeah, talk soon. Thanks, Alexis. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Alexis not there, um, director at um, Active for today. If, of course, um, your chosen sport is 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 ice dancing, um, you've Torvald and Dean have got to be your heroes. I mean, I know of they're course. from a completely different era to, to Meg, but yeah. Torvald and Dean are yeah, a, a special. Could... And, and Meg has actually met... And Dean. She, was, she was very, very fortunate. And, um, you know, so while she was at the World Winter Games, big surprise, uh, she was uh, down at the ice ring. They were training. Uh, it was a training day. Uh, out of the competition the day after. And um, I was still back at my hotel. And, you know, so Meg was with the team. She was down there training. And then I got a phone call from Louisa, the coach, saying... Can you come down really quickly? Um, Torval and Dina here. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it was, sorry, what? <laughs> so yeah, so they, I mean, terrific of them. They gave their time freely. They 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 came and they were there for about two days supporting all the figure skating squad. Um, spent a lot of time with us. Um, you know, gave their time. Uh, you know, really freely, and they were terrific. I, I, it was. Funny, I was talking to Christian and he was sort of saying, it's great to hear a, a local voice. And we were sort of just sort of chatting about Nottingham and um, his sort of time there. So, yeah, they, they were absolutely brilliant. And Meg was uh, made, I, th- I sent you a photograph through Mick of, um, of them all together. Um, so, yeah, Meg, Meg was delighted. And likewise, were all the parents as well. So it was a, a real bonus. It was unexpected. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, it, it, it made Meg's day. It certainly <laughs> did. It certainly um, did. We're very near the end, but I mean, Meg's got. We, you know, we found out in the last hour she had a fantastic mum, but mum and dad, and there's been a lot of people as well that's helped her along. So, four yeah, minutes. I, um, I, would I, you like to name some names yeah, who's, I mean, who's the, helped Meg along? The, certainly, Meg's Skating Club um, at, at Lammas, the inclusive skating club there. They've done a terrific job. Um, you know, Meg's made some great friends through the club. Uh, skates every Wednesday evening, uh, attends all the, the competitions that they put on. Um, you know, Lamish uh, Ledger Centre there, uh, where the ice rink is and where Meg trains, they've been very supportive. And, you know, likewise, the company that runs it, Everyone Active, um, they're now putting on inclusive events. Um, so they had the first one last year. So we had some skaters from around the UK that, that attended. So that's terrific to have a local event. So rather than to go to Finland or Iceland or Ohio, you know we we've we've managed to get a local one, so that's that's been great. I, I, I don't know Ohio. Yeah, you know, I mean this is well, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> um, no comparison. Um, yeah, so that they've been very very supportive, uh, and of course, you know, makes early years through uh, through through Nisa School were, were were terrific, but certainly, you know, uh, Louisa Chatwin, Meg's coach. Uh, those two have become, you know, a real dynamic partnership. Louise has gone on to be head coach for Special Olympics for the figure skating squad. So those those two have sort of really 
been a success story. Um, and of course, you know, my, uh, y- y- you're right, you know, May's got a great mom as well who drives her all over the place every morning for training before school, um, you know, and, and that takes a lot of dedication and commitment. And of course, my mom, who um, has always been a supporter of Meg, um, comes all over with us. Uh, and, and those early years, she was the one that took her backwards and forwards to skating. So, yeah, it's been a real team effort, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. We've loved every single minute of it and we've, um, we've got so much out of it. Where do you very quickly think this road will go? Well, I can't say Olympic athlete because she's already there. She's there. <laughs> she's done that. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, World Winter Games 2021's in Sweden. Um, you know, great for if, if Meg can make the squad again. Um, I'd love her to be healthy. I'd love her to be happy. Um, they're, they're the main things. Uh, I know I know ice skating delivers that in on, on many levels. Um, and then, you know, from there, you know, who, who knows, mate, but, you know, certainly uh, having that skill, that ability, if she can turn that into some kind of job in the future, you know, be it coaching or assistant coaching or, you know, working in leisure or some description, uh, that'd be great. Uh, but certainly um, keeping that sort of framework going, keeping that fitness going, that's our main aim for Meg. I'll end where I started, and I was, I'll remind everybody again, I, I was warned on the night, don't talk to Meg because she won't, she doesn't know you, so she's shy and she won't talk to you. I'm like, okay. So we stuck a microphone under her nose after <laughs> after the show and, and, and asked her what she enjoyed best about it, and she told us it was the sequin dresses. So that was a little, a little sort of win for me. And as the show ended, she ran from one side to the other end of the room and hugged me, and I whispered in her ear and told her she was my favourite. Meg, if you are listening to this, and I'm told you are, you are still my favourite. Bye-bye, everybody. We are-